Holy Father in heaven, thank you for giving us an opportunity to fellowship with you once again. We pray, Father, that you would fulfill your word in our lives, that you have promised that all who hunger and test for righteousness will be filled. And this is what we long for, Lord, and we pray, please fill us. We ask for the gift of your Spirit upon all of us, that by your Spirit we shall rightly divide the word of truth to our own benefit, and that we shall get prepared for today's duty and also for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I commit myself unto your care, for I have nothing to say to bless your children whom I know you love and you died for them. Therefore, Lord, use me as an instrument to be a blessing to all of them who are listening, that your words may flow forth from my mouth in edification, strength, and blessing and courage to all who would be listening. Do this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage August 12 Reluctant Prophet Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. Jonah chapter 1 verse 2 Nineveh, wicked though it had become, was not wholly given over to evil. He who beholded all the sons of men, that's Psalms 33, verse 13, perceived in that city many who were reaching out after something better and higher. God revealed himself to them in an unmistakable manner to lead them, if possible, to repentance. The instrument chosen for this work was the prophet Jonah. Had the prophet obeyed unquestioningly, he would have been spared many bitter experiences and would have been blessed abundantly. Yet, in the hour of Jonah's despair, the Lord did not desert him. Through a series of trials and strange providences, the prophet's confidence in God and in his infinite power to save was to be revived. Once more, the servant of God was commissioned to warn Nineveh. As Jonah entered the city, he began at once to cry against it the message, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. From street to street he went, sounding the note of warning. The message was not in vain. The cry that rang through the streets of the godless city was passed from lip to lip until all the inhabitants had heard the startling announcement. The Spirit of God pressed the message home to every heart and caused multitudes to tremble because of their sins and to repent in deep humiliation. Their doom was averted, the God of Israel was exalted and honored throughout the hidden world and his law was revered. Not until many years later was Nineveh to fall a prey to the surrounding nations through forgetfulness of God and through boastful pride. The lesson is for God's messengers today. 
when the cities of the nations are as verily in need of a knowledge of the attributes and purposes of the true God as were the Ninevites of old, the only city that will endure is the city whose builder and maker is God. The Lord Jesus is calling upon men to strive with sanctified ambition to secure the immortal inheritance. Amen. The title of our, devi- our devotion for today is The Reluctant Prophet. This prophet being referred to is none other than the famous Jonah. We know him for his story. And Jonah was a prophet who was called to preach to a city called Nineveh. So let us understand the origins of Nineveh first of all. In the book of Genesis chapter 10 verse 9 to 12, we've, that's the first time we hear of the city called Nineveh. And it is attached to the rise of the man called Nimrod, the mighty hunter. It says, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord, wherefore it said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, and Calneh in the land of Shinar. Out of that land went forth Ashur, and builded Nineveh, and the city Rehobot and Kala, and resin between Nineveh and Kala, the same is a great city. So here it is that we hear the rest. The first time Nineveh is, is, is mentioned in the Bible, it's an old city. You can imagine this city that was there since the days of Nimrod. This is just a few years after the flood, nothing more than hundred years after the flood. This city was built. And since that day, this city had been existing. How many years had gone by now? I believe it should be up to a thousand years. So this city was really old. Among the cities, reading from Prophets and Kings, page 265, paragraph 1, we are told, among the cities of the ancient world in the days of divided Israel, one of the greatest was Nineveh, the capital. Take note of these. We'll talk about it in subsequent devotions. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian realm, founded on the fertile bank of the Tigris soon after the dispersion from the Tower of Babel. It had flourished through the centuries until it had become an exceeding great city of three days journey. That is Jonah chapter 3 verse 3. So for you to go through the city of Nineveh, that's how big it was. It, It takes you three days to go through it. Reading from Jonah now, chapter 1, Reading from verse 1 to 3, it says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, why did Jonah choose to evade his appointed responsibility given to him of God? Not so many people have this privilege of hearing God speaking to them directly and telling them their appointed duty. So many are longing to hear it. Jonah heard it clearly. But what did Jonah do? Jonah began to play games with God. How can a man think he can run away from God? Well, Many of us do it today like Jonah. We read the word of the Lord speaking to us in more clear terms than that which Jonah heard. 
and we run away from the Lord acting as though we didn't hear it, as if we did not see the responsibility that the Lord has given to us, my brothers and sisters. You hear God verily, as verily as Jonah heard the word of the Lord when you open his Bible, especially when you read the commandments of the Lord and you hear his precepts and his statutes and his judgments you are verily hearing the word of the lord like jonah was hearing so many go to church today sitting under the preaching of the word of god and they hear startling denouncements from the word of god they hear counsels they hear advices they hear the precepts and statutes and commandments of the lord and like jonah they run away to Tarshish. And what is their Tarshish? Their Tarshish is someone that they know they are not supposed to marry. Their Tarshish is a job and a career they know they are not supposed to go in. Their Tarshish is going to a place where they know that the Lord has told them not to go. Their Tarshish is keeping friends that they should not keep. Many of us run to our own Tarshish like Jonah did. We hear our responsibility and we say, no, I cannot do it. We hear the word of the Lord denouncing, telling us, do not gamble, telling us, do not involve yourself in this scheme or in that scheme. But many of us run to Tarshish still to evade our responsibility. Many hear the word of the Lord telling them, this is the way to bring up your children. Do not take them to those parties. Do not allow them to dress like the world. But many run to Tarshish. Their parents, they evade their responsibility like Jonah and go to Tarshish. And they don't want to hear the word of the Lord anymore. They want to do their own will. That is what Jonah did. But the Lord, being merciful to Jonah, did something different. And he tries to do the same thing to us, reading to understand why is it for Jonah's case now, specifically for Jonah, why did he run away? Prophets and Kings, page 266, paragraph 2 says, As the prophet thought of the difficulties and seeming impossibilities of this commission, he was tempted to question the wisdom of the call. From a human viewpoint, it seemed as if nothing could be gained by proclaiming such a message in that proud city. He forgot the moment that the God whom he served was all-wise and all-powerful. While he hesitated, still doubting, Satan overwhelmed him with discouragement. The prophet was seized with a great dread, and he rose up to flee unto Tarshish, going to Joppa, and finding there a ship ready to sail, he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them. End of quote. My you know, there's one lesson I have learned in my life that I want to share, which is what I just read right now. There are two things that Jonah forgot, which many of us forget. I had a struggle in my own life when I needed to make a decision for the Lord in certain areas of my life, especially in what I am doing right now. And I struggled. But when I heard the voice of the Lord, just as Jonah was hearing, telling me, this is what you should do. You should not be involved in this or that. You should ensure that the Lord can use you for his glory and for his grace. And if you must allow the Lord to use you, you must put your hands away from things that will entangle you so that you will not be able to do this work. And it was a struggle. But one thing that ended the struggle for me, do you know what it was? Trusting God's wisdom and trusting his love. I told myself, if I know this is what the Lord is telling me to do, just because I cannot see why and how this is possible, it's not a reason why I shouldn't do it nevertheless. I said to myself, God is wise. 
one. There is no decision I will make that is better than that which he makes for me. And then I said, even though I cannot understand why this is a wise decision, and the decision I'm referring to specifically was God was telling me I need to remain free. Don't entangle yourself, whether in relationships, at least that was some years ago. doesn't mean that I cannot get into relationships or anything, but at the time, the Lord was saying that. And I understood it clearly, and I said, God is wise, and therefore He knows what is best for me. I will listen, even though I cannot understand the reason behind it. And secondly, I said to myself, I know that I said to myself, God ministered to me and said, I, I love you. And I cannot be telling you something that is for, not for your good. So even if you cannot understand, trust that I love you. You see, Jonah was filled with discouragement and he forgot that the God he served was all-wise and all-powerful and I will add, all-loving. When we hear the requirements of God telling us, do this, go to this place, go and do this, make this decision, especially when it comes to the commandments of God. When people are told, keep the Sabbath, dress in this way, this is the diet you're supposed to have, do not put your hands in any sin, away from the entertainment for the gods, from the gods of this world, do not involve yourself in it, separate from those friends which will, which will take you away from God. Many struggle and they do not see the sense in it. But my brothers and sisters, do not make the same mistake that Jonah made. Trust God's power. Trust God's love. Trust His wisdom. It may be that as you are looking at the decision, you cannot see how this thing is going to be of your for your benefit. From your human viewpoint, it could be that you are saying to yourself, it is impossible for me to do this thing. It will not turn out fine. Yes, that is your human viewpoint. But trust the Lord. He is all-powerful. That's which you think you will lose by doing what God said you should do. The Lord is powerful can, and he can make things to turn out in a different way from that which you think. Trust his love also that he cannot be telling you to do something that is not in your best interest. And trust his wisdom that he knows that that which he's telling you to do is the best for you. Jonah forgot all of this and he went to that sheep in Tarshish but the Lord was merciful to him and I pray that the Lord will be merciful to all of us who have run to Tarshish also in going to do the things that the Lord doesn't want us to do and I pray that the Lord will be merciful enough to rock our boats to spoil our plans to make us not to continue in that direction what did the Lord do for Jonah in the book of Jonah chapter 1 verse 4 and down what it says but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the sheep was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast for the waters that were in the sheep into the sea, to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the sheep, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us, that we may perish not that we perish not. And they said everyone to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which had made the sea and the, and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that 
he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee. Let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Wow! Now, this is wonderful. I pray that for all of us who like Jonah have gone to that boat that is taking us to Tarshish and the Lord will not let us to reach Tarshish but that he will rock our boats and spoil our plans to the point that we will have to come out of that boat and come back to where the Lord wanted us to be. Suffice to say that you know what your own boat is. You know how you have tried to go to Tarshish and you're on your way. And I'm praying for you as I speak now that the Lord will rock that boat, that it may not be well with you as you go. Because if you keep going, you are going away from the will of God for your life. And the end of it thereof is death. It is destruction. Now is the time for us to review our lives if we, like Jonah, are going to Tarshish. If the Lord leaves you to go to Tarshish, wow, then he has given up on you then. We need to pray and ask the Lord, am I on my way to Tarshish? Please rock my boat so that I will come out of that boat and I will do the will of the Lord. Now, the Lord helped Jonah. Reading from verse 17 of chapter 1 it says now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights and Jonah in that fish then prayed for deliverance of course reading from Jonah chapter 2 verse 6 to 10 Jonah said I went down to the bottoms of the mountains the earth with her bars was about me forever yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption O Lord my God when my soul fainted within me I remembered the Lord and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Amen. So you see here that the Lord heard Jonah's prayer and delivered him. The Lord then commissioned Jonah to go and do the work which he refused to do earlier. Prophets and Kings, page 266, paragraph 3, tells us, In the charge given him, Jonah had been entrusted with a heavy responsibility. Yet, he who had bidden him go was able to sustain his servant and grant him success. Had the prophet obeyed unquestioningly, he would have been spared many bitter experiences and would have been blessed abundantly. Yet, in the hour of Jonah's despair, the Lord did not desert him. Through a series of trials and strange providences, the prophet's confidence in God and his infinite power to save was to be revived. End of quote. Like I said concerning ourselves, it, I'm not saying to you now that you should start thinking that the Lord has sent you to one ministry or the other. No. Simply put, just leave it at the commandments of God. 
Because you cannot be sent to any ministry when you have not even qualified yourself. Jonah was qualified. He was a man of God. And being a man of God means that you are living a holy, righteous life. For us, we are just in that level. We are not saying, oh, the Lord is calling you to go and do, open, do this ministry or that ministry. No, you may not be in that situation. But the Lord may be calling you to his word, telling you, keep my commandments. And it is left for us to either run away or to obey. Now, if we run away, we make our lives hard. If the Lord is determined and trying to save us, he will rock our boats. And Jonah made his life difficult by not listening the first time. And perhaps you've not listened the first time and the Lord is calling you once again. And there are things happening in your life that's making you realize this is not where I'm supposed to be. You need to hear the voice of the Lord. The Lord may not make the people to throw you into a sea or any fish to swallow you. You make the decision yourself. Now, we need to go to another lesson. Jonah was called again to go and do the work he refused to do and this time he listened. Jonah chapter 3 from verse 1 to 4 says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. This was the preaching of Jonah. And after the preaching of, of Jonah, of course, he remained there. It was such a pointed message. Jonah wasn't going to take a quick flight out of Nineveh. He remained there to either feel the ire of the people or to see them repent or to see God destroy them, any of them. But there was one he had in mind. He wanted to see God destroy them. So, the next thing we need to look at is how the people responded. Their eternal destiny was hanging in the balance. What will they do? How will they respond? Jonah had hoped that the people of this wicked city would be destroyed by God. But the people responded positively to the preaching of Jonah. Jonah chapter 3 reading from verse 5 to 10 says, so the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Amen. You see, this contains a very important lesson for us. You see the mercy of the Lord? This was a, a city that the Lord said, only 40 days and I'm going to destroy it. How? I don't know. Maybe like Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know. But the way the people responded, God took note of it. You see, it reminds me of the story of Ahab. We just went past Ahab not long ago. 
But there was one part of his story that we didn't look at. Ahab one time had a neighbor called Naboth, and Naboth had a beautiful vineyard, and Ahab was covetous. He was envious of that vineyard and told Naboth that he wanted to buy that vineyard. Naboth refused to sell it. Jezebel then schemed and told Ahab to make a law to make Naboth to look like a criminal. Ahab listened and made a criminal out of Naboth and murdered Naboth. Then Elijah was sent to speak to to Ahab because of this sin. It says in 1 Kings 21, reading from verse 20, And Ahab said to Elijah, Hast thou found me, O mine enemy? And he answered, I have found thee, because thou hast sold thyself to walk evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, I will bring evil upon thee, and will take away thy posterity, and will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall, and him that is shut up and left in Israel, and will make thine house like the house of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha the son of Ahijah, for the provocation wherewith thou hast provoked me to anger, and made Israel to sin. And of Jezebel also speak the Lord, saying, The dogs shall eat Jezebel by the, by the wall of Jezreel, and him that dieth of Ahab in the city the dogs shall eat, and him that dieth in the field shall the fowls of the air eat. Now, how do you think Ahab will respond to this? Kill, kill Elijah? He can't try it, of course. He knows who he's talking to. Reading from verse 25, it says, But there was none like unto Ahab. Look at this description. None like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel his wife stirred up. And he did very abominably in following idols, according to all things, as did the Amorites, whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. And it came to pass, when Ahab heard those words, that he rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his flesh, and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went softly. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Seest thou how Ahab humbleth himself before me? Because he humbleth himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. What do we learn from this story of Ahab and from Nineveh? Ahab is described as a man who sold himself to work wickedness, who did abominably, and not just abominably, the abominably is described, it says, it's, it's qualified, it says he did very abominably, that's very, verse 26 of chapter 21, very abominably. This man who is described thus. The Lord still had mercy on him. Had Ahab from henceforth decided to work righteousness for the rest of his life, the Lord would have spared him. The Lord loved Ahab so much. So many times he had given him opportunity to repent, but he didn't. Eventually, because he didn't separate himself from Jezebel and false prophets, he died in his sins in a battle. We learn that the Lord is indeed merciful, and it is for us to take advantage of his mercies. Again, we see the Lord's mercy is displayed on Jonah too. Jonah refused to do what God commissioned him to do. Had the Lord abandoned him in his stubbornness, he would be removed from office and also be rejected like King Saul. But God in his mercies gave him another chance. Indeed, the Lord is great in mercy. You see continually how the Lord showed mercy to people in the word of God. In the Bible, he says the, when you look at the life of people like Solomon, Hezekiah, when they sinned, the Lord gave them another chance when they repented. The Lord is very careful to note the contrite and repentant heart, and He's very quick to turn away from the determined judgment which He pronounces on men. He who pardoned Nineveh, Solomon, 
Manasseh, Hezekiah, and Ahab, people who sold themselves to do wickedness, will also pardon any soul who in humility repents of their sins. You see, the story of the people of Nineveh teaches us a lesson on how to take the voice of stern rebuke. There are many kings and people who would have killed Jonah for giving such a straight message. But the people of Nineveh did not do that. They humbled themselves. They fasted. They prayed. They did not justify themselves in their wickedness, but they confessed their sins and pleaded with God for forgiveness. The Lord is pleased with all who have this reaction under the faithful preaching of the Word of God. There is so much intolerance today towards the straight testimony. So-called children of God cannot endure to hear their sins pointed out to them. Instead of acknowledging their guilt like Nineveh did or like Ahab did, they will accuse the preacher of lacking manners and not being courteous enough. But how many will endure to hear a Jonah walking their streets and calling upon them the judgments of the God of God for their sins and their wickedness? How many will endure to hear a Jonah telling them that they have only 40 days more before they will be destroyed unless they repent? If you cannot endure the preaching of the truth today, you will not endure, you will not have endured it in Jonah's day, and you will verily have been offended with the words of Jonah. Others will even go as far as terming what Jonah said to be hate speech or they will even accuse him of racism even if what the preacher is saying is factual and true. Now they want to criminalize speech in our day and they may want to make a man an offender for a word. It's happening around us today. Isaiah was on point when he said about this our generation in the book of Isaiah 29 verse 21 where he said, They that make a man an offender for a word and lay a snare for him that reprove it in the gate and turn aside the just for a thing of naught. Oh, snares are being laid for preachers today. You cannot say things that are true in the word of God without putting yourself in opposition to the laws of the land. There are laws that are made and there are terms that are created now which are put, defined in such a manner to make the innocent preacher of the word of God guilty because they preached the straight testimony. God had already taken note of this and he said he will visit for it. Continuing in Isaiah 29 verse 22 to 24, God says, Therefore thus says the Lord, who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall not now be ashamed, neither shall his face now wax pale. But when he seeth his children, the work of mine hands in the midst of him, they shall sanctify my name, and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob, and shall fear the God of Israel. They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding, and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. The story of Jonah here has many lessons for us. It is for this reason where we are trying to criminalize speech and terming the faithful preaching of the word of God to be hate speech that the Lord himself, that is our Lord Jesus Christ, said in the book of Matthew 12 verse 40 and 41. He said, The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Are you among those who the people of Nineveh will rise up in condemnation of because they could endure the startling denunciation of their sins and you cannot endure it? This generation have become so petty and so sensitive to the truth that they cannot endure it. They stop their ears. They have an itching ears like the word of God said. 
and they want to punish those who would even tell them the truth whereas the people of Nineveh did not even dare to do that the Lord knows all about it and he will visit for it reading from prophets and kings page 273 paragraph 1 to tell us what to do in a time like this it says Christ during his early earthly ministry referred to the good wrought by the preaching of Jonah in Nineveh and compared the inhabitants of that hidden center with the professed people of God in his day. The men of Nineveh, he declared, shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah's and behold a greater than Jonah's is here. Into the busy world, filled with the din of commerce and the altercation of trade, where men were trying to get all they could for self, Christ had come and above the confusion his voice, like the trump of God, was heard. What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Mark chapter 8, verse 36 and 37. As the preaching of Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites, so Christ's preaching was assigned to his generation. But what a contrast in the reception of the word! Yet, in the face of indifference and scorn, the Savior labored on and on until he had accomplished his mission. The lesson is for God's messengers today. When the cities of the nations are as verily in need of a knowledge of the attributes and purposes of the true God as were the Ninevites of old, Christ's ambassadors are to point men to the nobler world which has largely been lost sight of. According to the teaching of the Holy Scriptures, the only city that will endure is the city whose builder and maker is God. With the eye of faith, man may behold the threshold of heaven, flushed with God's living glory. Through his ministering servants, the Lord Jesus is calling upon men to strive with sanctified ambition to secure the immortal inheritance. He urges them to lay up treasure beside the throne of God." End of quote. So, brothers and sisters, even though we are living in a time when the people are having itching ears, they are not like the people of Nineveh who trembled at the word of God. Yet, we must press on, because in Jesus' day, they were not like Nineveh. They had itching ears, and Jesus continued to preach the faithful truth, and we should continue in that vein. And we should learn to listen to the voice of stern rebuke. Stop complaining about the manners of the preacher or complaining about the way they said this or the word they used. People are so sensitive. Oh, you shouldn't have used this particular word. You shouldn't have used that particular word. Then now they want to make the Bible to be hate speech because those words that they claim that men should not use are found in the word of God. And they want to ban the word of God now and claim that it is hate speech. The problem is not with the word of God. The problem is with those who cannot endure to hear the truth told to them. Will you hear the Lord say to you that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? Can you endure it? Can you endure the Lord say to you that your righteousness is as a filthy rag? Can you endure the Lord say to you that you are reprobate silver? Can you endure the Lord say to you that you are whited sepulchers? Can you endure the Lord say to you that you are a brood of vipers? Jonah preached these words to the people of Nineveh and they repented. Will you repent when the word of God points your sin to you? Yes, we should. We shouldn't complain of the words used, but we should listen and like the people of Nineveh, repent in sackcloth and ashes and the Lord will be entreated of us and he will not bring his pronounced judgments on us and we will be saved. Let that be our portion is my prayer. Amen. Let us pray. 
Dear Father in heaven, thank you for the words which we have just heard. Forgive us for the times that we have not been able to endure the faithful preaching of the word of God. Give us a spirit that is softened and a heart of flesh that we may listen. We, like Jonah, may have been running away from our responsibility. Forgive us, Lord. Rock our boat, O Lord, that we may come back to the place that you want us to be and fulfill the great responsibility which you have given to us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. So you've been putting it on for a long time Making it hard to cross over the line You've been waiting Time is.